Radio Aspiral is a series of podcasts brought to you across the internet by TIPM Media. Presented by investigative journalist Mick Rooney, it covers a host of topics from international media, publishing, aviation, and technology. Thank you for listening to this podcast today. Okay, you're very welcome to Radio Aspoil, episode 18. We have a, a great guest uh, today, Rachel Drury from bythebook.ie. I'm going to get into that straight away. First, the basic intros, please. Wherever you see this um, podcast, videocast, uh, any links I'll have always below uh, where relevant. Um, it's just support. I appreciate it. I don't monetize this channel wherever you see it. Um, let's get straight into the interview. And just before that, uh, the intro on Rachel Drury. Rachel Drury graduated as an engineer in 2005 and worked for over 10 years in the renewable energy industry, both in Ireland, Chile, Sweden, South Africa, before re relocating to Sydney, Australia in 2013. In 2018, Rachel returned back to Ireland and stopped working as an engineer due to illness. In 2020, Rachel decided to write a book in the hope that it would help others through a difficult time in their life. The book is about the lessons Rachel learned in her own life while living with a long-term illness. After self-publishing her book, Rachel was keen to be part of an Irish author community, so she set up bythebook.ie. So that Irish authors, so that Irish authors had an Irish-owned marketplace to sell their books, but that they could also support each other while marketing and promoting their books. Today, there are over 50 authors listed on the platform, and Rachel has plans to release a second book later this year. Thank you very much for all your support. Let's get straight into the interview. Okay, you're welcome back to uh, Radio Spoil. This is episode uh, 18. And as I said, I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Rachel uh, Drury from uh, bythebook.ie. Rachel, you're very welcome to this episode. Thanks, Mick. Thanks for inviting me on. No problem at all. It was a pleasure. It took us a while to get this um, this uh, interview together over the last, I think we were planning on doing it in, um, in early January. Uh, but I'm, I'm delighted to have you on because I feel it's just so long, too long since uh, we revisited the uh, writing and publishing world. And there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that you're the perfect guest uh, in early 2022 to, uh, to have on. Uh, and I'm hoping today we can find out more about um, your journey uh, by the book.ie. And we can talk more about what's happening in the uh, publishing and independent publishing world. And uh, w without further ado, Rachel, I always start because I love that my my guests who uh, start uh, watching the interview and they immediately look and say, oh, Rachel Jury, who's Rachel Jury? So tell us uh, a little bit about, about early stuff, long before all this journey started. Um Go back and picture yourself as a, a young kid. Uh, just generally, where did you grow up and life and 
you know, when you reflect back on, you know, because we all kind of think we know what we're going to do in life as kids. You know, we want to be pilots and astronauts and doctors and nurses and, and you know, civil architects and designers. And uh, then we somehow find ourselves in different places. For you, growing up, early life? Yeah, so um, I was born in London. Um, my parents had both been Irish, but they'd moved over to London to find work. Um, and they had myself and my two other sisters. So I'm part of what's known as um, an Irish triplet, where basically three of us were born in the one year. Um, so my elder sister, Claire, went first. And then in 10 and a half months later, myself and my twin sister, Michelle, came along. So it was a busy household um, for my mum, definitely. Um, and she made the decision when we were about five that we would move back uh, to Dublin. She wanted to come home to Ireland. So we settled in Dublin and, and spent our childhood really there, um, the three of us. And went to school, um, loved animals. So I always wanted to be a vet. That was my, my main passion. Um, when I was younger and that's what I did think I was going to be Um, just had such a connection and draw to animals and just wanted to learn about them Um, so it wasn't until I think then I went into secondary school and somebody said to me you know well you need x amount of points to be a vet and I remember just thinking like I didn't know anything about points or that that would that that would stop me but I remember it put me off anyway uh, pursuing um my I guess what was my passion of becoming a vet so for anyone watching I mean to learn from my mistakes never to let someone else's opinion um at that age to dictate what you're going to do because I suppose looking back I could have gone on in different uh you know in different ways to become a vet even if I hadn't got the points but I ditched the idea anyway and I focused then on um becoming an engineer because I was good at maths and um, it seemed that engineers got paid good money. So that was my logic for, um, yeah, applying to, you know, to different colleges to become to become an engineer. Um, at this stage, so when we were about 16, the family made a decision to move from Dublin to Sligo. So we moved west. Um, and I ended up applying to um, to study engineering at NUI Galway and I was 17 at the time um, and I got accepted and I went in to study industrial engineering in Galway when I was 17. Uh, absolutely loved Galway, best four years of my life, um, made the best friends, um, loved, loved studying engineering. I mean I was good at maths, I didn't find you know anything too difficult when it came to um, learning you know the different the different subjects but I wouldn't say I was ever that passionate about it. Um, like it was very much a logical career choice for me. And as I said, it seemed like it was going to be a good and steady job. Um, and Galway was just a fantastic university to go to, you know, so I'm, I'm absolutely delighted with that choice. And that's where I ended up. Um, and as I said, just made such good friends and just to be able to move out of home, um, but then be close enough to home as well. So I qualified in 2005 as an engineer. And yeah, at that stage, I didn't really know where my career was going to take me. Um, so I took a bit of time out. Um, 
I suppose I was keeping an eye on the job market, but I had no real direction either in which way I, I was going to go. Um, and I guess the engineering job that I ended up going into, um, you know, came about because there was an advertisement where you could take your degree and, and go abroad and travel abroad. And that really appealed to me at the time to get out of Ireland. And I applied for that. I was successful. And then they matched you to a company. And I was lucky enough um, at the time I got matched to a company called Airtricity. And Airtricity were the first wind developer really in Ireland, um, founded by a guy called Eddie O'Connor, who was just amazing. And Eddie took me on um, in Dublin, um, just coming out of college as an engineer. And my first role with them was to move to Sweden um, and to basically find a partner to do business with in Sweden. So that was pretty incredible to be given that responsibility really young. And again, I loved it because it was travel and I loved it because the role did give me that, you know, massive responsibility and trust to go and represent the company over there um, and do, you know, do a business deal for them, essentially. So that's that's how my career started. I loved it. I stayed with their Tristy for a number of years. I traveled abroad with them. Uh, when they were sold, they they were sold onto a Scottish company. I joined another company that Eddie had set up called Mainstream Renewable Power, and that took me to Chile. So I was working as a renewable energy uh, engineer in Chile for a while as well, and traveled to South Africa with the job. And it was all, yeah, it was all, look, it was it was a fantastic job. I loved it. I loved the people. Um, there was such entrepreneurial spirit in the company. And, you know, we were building wind and, and solar farms, which is so needed today. Um, you know, and Eddie was way ahead of anyone else, you know, envisioning that not just for Ireland, but on a global scale. So my early career was was brilliant. I loved it. And I have absolutely no regrets um, being able to look back now. So I suppose the first question I would ask there is a. Uh, so. London, what age were you when you moved uh, back to Dublin initially? So we were five. Five, right. Okay. I've, you know, I've met so many Irish people who followed that journey where their parents were either Irish born or one of them was, one of them was English born, moved uh, to, uh, to London or to the UK somewhere or, or perhaps even uh, Europe. And then at an early age, they kind of moved back. And then you've sort of followed that that travel path. So, you know, you've named uh, a lot of the places, you know, um, London to Dublin, uh, Walkwise to Sweden, Chile, South Africa. Um, and I suppose that creates a bug. And I found that that's a very common aspect with people who in their early and mid careers start to develop a very entrepreneurial spirit. And I grasped from you that that was that was a burgeoning thing at a very early stage. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, like working for Eddie, um, you know, it was it was fundamental part of the job that you did have that entrepreneurial spirit and he gave you such responsibility to go and, you know, come up with ideas within the company 
um, to some degree it was like working for yourself and um, because you were given you know the opportunity to go and and to make things happen um, and there was definitely always part of me that you know was natural naturally entrepreneurial or whatever you know you call it where you just want to get out and, and get a deal done and think of different ways of doing things um, yeah and I, I really felt that you know that early stage of my career really facilitated that um, with with Eddie um, I did subsequently go on to set up my own company in renewable energy um, with an investor and again that was you know complete freedom to to do what I wanted within that partnership um, which was basically to go and find investments in renewable energy in Ireland um, but you know I suppose I um, although I really enjoyed the work at the time I had you know at the back of my head I always had a feeling that it, it wasn't going to be forever um, so you know on paper there was nothing wrong with working in that industry in fact there was a lot of positives from it but I always felt that there would be something else I would end up doing even though at that stage I had no idea what what it would be let's let's go to that because yeah entrepreneurial renewable energy wind farming how does Rachel Drury at that age then somehow get introduced to the publishing world and writing because you know you haven't mentioned that that was necessarily something or was it uh, something when you, you know, I, I don't get that impression it was something. So where did that transition come from? Yeah, so I suppose if I was to continue the the previous <laughs> career, um, where that ended up taking me in 2013 was Australia. And I was working over there, same job. Um, but it was over. <laughs> <laughs> But it was over there, um, I ended up getting diagnosed with a condition and it was called ulcerative colitis. It's a very, very, very challenging condition, um, you know, which includes rapid weight loss, you lose your appetite and the, the treatment is quite severe actually in terms of the medication to get the disease under control. So I suppose I got to this stage in my life where I was working as an engineer. I had a really good job. I did enjoy it. But I was finding it a struggle, to be honest, when I got diagnosed, trying to maintain that job at the same level of expectation with that job. So what I mean by that is, you know, there was long days traveling um, with the job. You know, you could be on a flight at six and, and home at eight o'clock that night. Um, you know, we were working on big projects and yeah, it was, it was full on. So I just, for the first time in my life, I faced a struggle because I had the job and I didn't kind of want to let them know that I had this illness, this yeah. recent diagnosed illness. And I was putting on a face, but I was really struggling underneath. Uh, Just on, for, for people uh, who, who maybe have maybe suffer from it and are, are listening and are, are identifying an awful lot with you and, and for I'm sure other viewers and listeners who, who don't, still quite know enough about it uh work-wise this would have been impacting things like obviously you were on medication there was perhaps would i be right that there was a fear this is going to start seriously interfering with my work 
at some point I'm going to have to tell them, you know, that, you know, this is why, you know, I'm lacking energy or this is why certain times I can't do certain things or travel certain things. And can somebody else do that? And they're thinking maybe, OK, this is maybe time we sat down and had a discussion. And maybe for you, you know, maybe this is time I need to reevaluate where I'm going and what I'm doing. Would that be fair? Mm, well, it was really unfortunate because what had happened was it was within a month of starting my job, my new job in Australia, that I actually got the diagnosis. It was the same month. And I just couldn't bring myself to tell them because I didn't want to not like I knew they wouldn't fire me. But, it, you know, I was too new to open up about something that was quite personal. And yeah. I just wasn't ready. I didn't know how to face it myself. So I didn't really want to tell others that I didn't really know. And I just thought that I could, you know, just keep working and keep, you know, going to the doctor when I needed, keep taking the medication. But essentially what happened was the stress of that, you know, um, took its own toll. So there was, you know, the stress from the illness and then the stress from work. And, you know, I, I ended up writing about this, you know, which I didn't know before I got the illness. But sometimes the stress of having the illness is almost worse than the illness itself mm-hmm. um, and you know I wasn't aware of that but it was compounding my illness and compounding how I felt and I deteriorated really rapidly within that first six months to the extent that the weight just fell off me so I couldn't I couldn't really hide it anymore because there was such significant weight loss um, and I'm talking you know five to six kilos okay. kind of thing um, but also like I was breaking out in you know a rash like on my neck I remember my neck was so red because you know it was a reaction to the medication I was trying to cover that and then you know there was the thing of you know being so conscientious and concerned about where the bathrooms were and if I needed to get to them could I get to them on time you know so there was a lot to deal with you know and going on in my head so on one hand I was trying to act like I was normal and there was nothing wrong but on the other hand like I was you know I was fearful um of the disease of getting to the toilet on time of you know what would people think you know and it it was yeah it was just not like it was just not a good time in my life at all now what ended up happening then I had a massive flare with the condition and I had to just put my hands up and go to hospital and get treatment and at that stage I obviously had to let work know and that it was serious and they were so understanding they were brilliant my colleagues were brilliant you know they made sure that I could use my sick pay to still you know get paid because I still had bills and I took that month off to get the treatment in the hospital to get myself right and to to get back to work and then it was out in the open and, and things were much better when it was out in the open um, but I guess the illness didn't go away and over a three-year period, you know, I, I still struggled with the illness itself, even though the work situation wasn't, I suppose, stressful. Um, you know, and and I to try different medications, and I just found some of the medications had terrible side effects. Um, and there was a lot of days, you know, I look back now, I just finish work and I go straight home to bed, like I had no life. I was just living to work and working to try and pay my bills. Um, now, I did have, I should mention, I had an amazing partner at the time who I'd met in Australia, and he continued to support me in so many ways, like obviously financially um, and with things when I when I ended up having to leave work, actually. 
um, and, and was quite ill for, you know, the best part of six months. So I did get supported a lot by him at the time. But I think that whole period of my life made me just question, like, what was I doing? And, and, and was I, you know, was I trying to manage too much? Um, you know, I just I just got to the point in my life where I wasn't enjoying work anymore. And I was I wasn't like managing my health right. But I wasn't and I wasn't really managing my job right. It was like I was doing nothing right. Um, so I made the decision in 2018 to leave um, not not just my job, but Australia and come home with the primary reason that I was going to focus on my health because I wanted to get married um, that year. And at that stage, I was quite thin. Um, I'd lost, again, a bit of weight. And I was also dealing with another condition, arthritis. Um, so there was a lot going on. And I thought the right thing to do would be to come home and to get well. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. And I had another hospital stay in Ireland. And that was probably my worst one, actually. Um, and the treatment I needed for that was was quite severe again. And I had to cancel my wedding. So that was that was really tough. That was 2018. 2019 was just, you know, a year that I just tried to survive, (laughs) put on weight, eat, you know, try and move what I could. Um, I was quite stiff with arthritis. Um, Yeah, I mean, the positive things back then was I got a lovely dog. She's amazing. She came into my life. Um, You know, Des and me stayed together through it. Um, but I guess there was something in me that year when I was thinking, what do I do with my life for what now? Um, there was something in the back of my head that I would start writing um, because I thought that that could be therapeutic or, you know, that that, you know, could be a way of releasing some of the things that Thera- have happened to me. Therapeutic, cathartic, mm. the way I find they're, they're common themes that... um people who start writing and taking it seriously and particularly start from uh, a very personal experience as as you have um that that yeah it, it did it did it help with the process i sense it clearly did yeah well it gave me something to do in the yeah. morning because i remember you know i was getting to the stage where i knew i couldn't go back and probably didn't want to go back into employment um you know and I I was that kind of person that enjoyed working and doing something productive so I felt you know opening up the computer and writing about my this was my first book which actually I never I haven't published yet but my first book was actually the story of my life and it was quite personal and that's what I started writing and that felt natural um so I've that I suppose mostly written um, whatever will happen with that, I don't know. But that was the book back in 2019 that I started to write. Um, and it was it was actually then in 2020. And I just had this thing where <clears throat> I wouldn't I wouldn't publish a book about me. Um, I would publish a book about the lessons that I had learned instead. Right. You, you weren't ready for the autobiography and it seemed a bit too early, maybe. <laughs> yeah, there was something holding me back. Um, and I, I didn't think that I wanted to share that with everyone. And I didn't, you know, I genuinely didn't think people would be that interested in me or my story. And I thought it would be much more helpful to think about 
the things that I had learned or the new perspective that I maybe had gained in going through this period of my life and, and put a positive spin on a book, you know, where people could pick it up and maybe think, oh, yeah, like, you know, some of that stuff is is relevant to me and it wasn't necessarily going into my personal life. So I ended up just kind of changing track completely. And every day then I would write about like, what have I genuinely learned through all this? And I didn't want it to be a negative thing anymore. And I, because I was starting to see how my life was actually turning out to be better than I had ever planned. So I started to see that in 2020, that this illness that had come along, you know, which I was so angry about for so long, it actually wasn't like a bad thing. Um, because I ended up at home in Sligo with my dogs, with Des, and living a completely different life than I had ever envisaged for myself. And that's what I wanted to write about. And all of a sudden, you know, I had things like gratitude. Um, all of a sudden, like I was, you know, having to work on things like forgiveness and stuff that I was holding on to from the past. And there was all this, you know, development that I had to go through, that the illness forced me to go through. And because I had all this spare time at hand as well, I thought if I could just write about that and that, you know, someone could pick it up and get something from it. Well, then that's a positive thing. So I started writing every day and just as positive as I could be. And I wrote from everything I wrote about was, was genuinely something that I believed in or that I had gone through. Um, and then I touched on a bit of my Christmas story at the end chapter, but like it's very light. Um, and that was the book. So, so I was. So it's it's a degree of I think in in the notes for their our program I, I think I, I I got the impression and I I think I'd went back and and um you'd previously done I think it was with Ryan Turbody you'd previously done a radio interview, so I, I kind of yeah. it, it, it kind of triggered with me that this is a. This journey into writing and publishing for you and where you are now was kind of a story of, uh, you know, salvation and illness, but a little bit more than just that as well. Mm. That you wanted the book to be about helping others, whatever their illness or their particular yeah. situation was. Would, would that be right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And it was um, it was when I spoke to, you know, when the book was ready um and I I kind of thought to myself what do I do with this now <laughs> where do I send it how do I get it question the biggest question everybody asks themselves. yeah how do I get it like in print and no. <laughs> just didn't didn't know anything so um as it would turn out my dad um knew of a lady called Kathleen McMahon and she lived in Dublin and he used to tell me how lovely Kathleen was and Kathleen wrote a book and she was quite successful and I remember thinking when he told me that if I ever write a book, I'll ring Kathleen. So then that's exactly what I did. I Well, I texted, obviously, her first and I said, you know, you know, my dad, can I can I spare like 20 minutes of your time? And she was so lovely. She spared actually probably an hour and just the nicest woman ever. And she just said to me, you know, about the book, well, these are your options. And that was the first time. I ever even thought about like how I would get it published or what the options were. And, you know, she said, look, if you do, you know, go and get a traditional push publisher, you know, your time frame is probably about two years. And I remember thinking like, what, two years? And she said, yeah, typically this is, you know, and 
that's how and, it like, I just couldn't believe it and I thought oh no like by in two years time I'll be sick of it like I <laughs> I don't want to like I want this out you know yeah I, I now. Get now and that's an instinct isn't it that right yeah I'm, I wanted it, I wanted it, I wanted out. it shared I wanted it out in the universe yeah. and whatever was going to happen yeah. was going to happen but there was just no way I was waiting two years so she was lovely and she said well you know like you can self-publish today as well if you want it quicker la la so she just she basically in that hour like gave me an amazing like hour of her time and told me everything about the book industry and gave me tips and I, I remember like I took down everything I still have those notes today it's that she gave like, me like a, a blueprint a blueprint for moving forward yeah and, and funny to mention if I might just interject I'm almost certain in the last year or two I have heard of Kathleen Mahan is it yeah yeah, I am almost certain I have heard. And if I'm not mistaken, and if you've got to know Kathleen better, you'll probably correct me or agree with me. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Kathleen has helped many fellow writers in this area. Mm. She yeah. may even have helped them set up publishing imprints or actually set up, if I'm not mistaken, has she even set up her own imprint and assists writers and uses that imprint? Yeah, I, I'm not 100% on that now, Mick. Um, I know she's involved in... Yeah, in she's, as well. Well, she's very generous with her time. And yeah, yeah. it was lovely because we actually um, did an interview um, for our YouTube channel yeah. six, months, six months after that conversation, or about nine. So it was lovely to be able to go back to her then and, and actually formally interview her. Just um, as said, if you send me uh, the link uh, after this interview, uh, we'll, we'll uh, among other things, at the bottom of the uh, where this appears, we'll pop that uh, interview link in as well, so people can, if they want to click oh, it, brilliant. they can reflect back on it as yeah. well. Yeah, no, her like her her story yeah. is incredible, and she's very honest as well about the chat, you know, the challenges that she faced wasn't all you know, easy either. Um, so yeah, so I suppose going back to that, Kathleen said to me anyway, she said, like, why do you want to write the book? You know, that's something you have to ask yourself. What, like, what's your reason for writing the book? And it, within like five seconds, I said to help other people. And that was my, that was my drive. That was my reason. And I remember thinking if I could help five people, then that would be worth it. And the, you know, the second piece of advice I remember getting was actually from um, my mother-in-law, which is Des's mom, and I remember saying to her, I'm thinking of this book and stuff, and she just said to me, isn't it a lovely stepping stone for you into something else? And mm-hmm. I remember that stood with me, and I remember thinking, yeah, like it is. I don't know what the something else is, but it is a stepping stone. And for the first time in t- over two years, I was finally, I'd finally done something as well, and the feeling, you know, of doing it was just, you know, it was just brilliant. And it was 20, it was the end of 2020, and I had said to Des, at the start of the year, I'm going to, this is the year I'm going to finish this book because I had talked about it like for a while at that stage. And I remember it was the first week in December. I'd had the chat with Kathleen and I remember going, right, I'm ready to go. And I went onto Amazon and I'd say within three days, I'd formatted it, you know, on the KDP Kindle thing. Okay, see you on KDP, yeah? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I had it up and it went up um, first week in December and I couldn't believe it. Like, I was so happy to see my book go up, you know. And I have to hand it to Amazon. Like, they have made it really easy and straightforward. If yeah. you have your book and you want to have it up there, you know, it's it was seamless and it was free and it was, 
you know, it was just I achieved my goal and Amazon helped me do that. Um, so I'm, you know, very, very grateful for that and the platform. And it was amazing just to be able to send the link out then to friends and family and say, here's my book. Um, if you want to buy it or, you know, FYI, I have a book. And that was that was just a lovely time. And I'm, then I was in and I and I ordered. Isn't it, isn't it interesting as well that that, um, you know, for years I was a publishing consultant as well. And I would say to writers, because and we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more as we start to get into uh, by the book and, and why you founded it. But just before then. That was one of them, you know, apart from, OK, before we ever get to marketing a book and, and you know, why people will want it, you know, it's why did you write the book and who will want to read the book? And there's nothing worse than a writer saying, oh, everybody, you know, because, well, that's not quite the way it works, you know, and if, if you're going to market your book and look, I, I'm OK. Um, some writers out there uh, are just happy to get it out to family and friends. Other writers have spent so long on a writing project, sometimes a year, two years, sometimes 10 or 20 years they've they've been at it. And when it finally comes out, it's like, what the hell do I do now? Right, It's there. Now what am I supposed to do? I want to get this book to as many people as possible. So how was the process for you as we start to get into that area? Yeah, so I didn't have any process at all um none and I'm being totally honest so my my thought process was get the book done which was like step one get it up on Amazon um share it with family and friends and also get the paper you know getting the paper copy into my hands that was like that was kind of step one and um it was probably my mom actually who said to me do you know so this was like december 2020 and she said do you know joe duffy takes books in and this show and i i just couldn't believe that this you know could be an opportunity for my book so i remember getting the just, copies from amazon if, if i might interject yeah just to clarify for our readers we've yeah listeners and viewers all over the world uh, just to clarify, uh, Joe Duffy is uh, an RTE, uh, sort of uh, takes live calls, chats about issues of the day. But uh, for, God, correct me wrong, Rachel, for I think it must be nearly 10 years he's been doing this. In and around the Christmas period, um, what he does is he's, and Joe, whatever you might think of him <laughs> uh, as, a, as, a, as a radio presenter, uh, doing live discussions um, he's very passionate about writers and independent and self-published writers in Ireland and he dedicates his programme initially it was just for one day a year I believe in the last couple of years he's now extended it to I think it's two or three it days is two, yeah, it's two. Year, yeah. I don't know whether this year was the first year or the second year and what he'll basically do is for the hour or the hour and a half of his programme, it's just boom, 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 boom. He'll introduce you to the books. He'll talk to the writers. They'll have their quick five minutes to pitch the book. And I don't know how many Irish writers have told me, my God, when I got on Joe Duffy and just the boom and attention. And I could see from my website, my personal website, author website, just the traffic that started to come in. 
and the leads and the follow up and the local interest, community interest and national interest. And it's it's become and it might seem weird for me to say this, but it's become almost uh, a yearly institution uh, on his program now. So I just wanted to clarify that mm-hmm. round for people who thought, what, what are they talking about? Yeah. So no, it um, helped you. You're, you're right in everything you say. And I hadn't I hadn't heard it until my mum said, get your book in. So I said, yeah. So I got the copies, got it posted in that first week in December. Um, but I didn't hear back. So I do know he gets hundreds of books. He does. And yeah. And, it, you know, and you 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 have to give it a go and, and whatever. But it wasn't meant to be. And I, you know, I didn't mind, obviously, what was what it was. But uh, I remember then thinking, right, I let Christmas go. Um, family and friends bought it, which was good. A few sales, a bit of feedback, which was lovely. Um, but I remember just having a really strong feeling in January um, when I sat down at my computer that I was going to try my best to get the book, that book, into the hands of someone high profile, and my logical thinking was I only needed one person high profile. That's it. To respond, just one. Marketing, marketing sometimes. Yeah. It's like, um, I often think it's it's just like throwing snowballs at a barn door. And you keep throwing one snowball at the barn door after another. And you want to cover it in snowballs fully so it's all white. And then you realize that some of the snowballs that you first start throwing start to melt. And marketing can be a bit like that. But sometimes it just takes one person to latch onto the book and say, do you know what here? Everybody just got this book. I love this book. I like this book. It can be a customer or reader of your book. It can be it helps a great deal if it's a journalist or somebody in media. But sometimes just that one or two opportunities, um, boom, the roller coaster starts. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. So I, I didn't really have a plan, but I just thought if I could get one person, you know, to to be interested, well, then, you know, it would it could reach much more than my family and friends. So I sat down on the Monday and it was the first Monday in January. And my my plan was I would email five high profile people every Monday morning until I heard back from one. And I was going to do that for the whole year. I was prepared every Monday morning, five people were going to get my email. And the email I wrote, it wasn't rehearsed, it wasn't whatever. You know, it was literally from me. I said, I've written this book. I, you know, I want to help other people. And, I, you know, I would really appreciate it if you could help me reach people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, best wishes, Rachel, and put my mobile number at the end. Boom, out it went. Five people that Monday morning. And one of those people was Ryan Tuberty. Ryan at RT.ie. And it was literally like the Tuesday morning and I had a missed call. Uh, I didn't know who it was from until I listened to the voicemail and it was the RT Radio 1 producer saying to me, you know, can you let us know a bit more information? And like, I remember in that moment, my heart just stopped. Like I actually couldn't believe I'd heard back like that quickly and that this was actually potentially going to happen and I remember Des you know saying to me look you know you have to you know don't get too over excited like this you know there'll be stages you have to go through um but I was super excited I couldn't believe that they were interested in me or my book um so basically what happened was the producer came back and said look um you know 
thanks for your email. Can you let us know a bit more about you? And I said, okay, no problem. So then I started emailing about, you know, my story and just about you know, the illness and getting sick and leaving the job and cancelling my wedding, all that kind of stuff. Um, and based on my personal story, um, because they're a personal story show, um, they said that they would run the story and it was we were probably over and back for a month and they, before they gave me the date, which actually was the 9th of February uh, 2021. So it's coming up actually a year uh, this week. So I had the date. I was like so nervous because I'd never spoken on national anything before. I had no training at all. And I just remember thinking, I'll just tell my story and be me, which is exactly what I did. Um, and yeah, it was just it was a bit surreal, you know, because when I got talking to Ryan, it did just feel like I was talking to him. Like he's so good um, and he made me feel so comfortable and I just felt really relaxed about being open and honest with them. Mm-hmm. And I remember it just finished. And I remember just kind of going out to Des being like, well, how was it? And he, you know, was like, it was really good, Rachel. And I remember being like, oh, like the sigh of relief. But isn't it, well, I, I, this is one thing, and maybe you're not seeing it, but I can see it and it goes back to, the opening 10 minutes of our 10 or 15 minutes of our of our interview discussion i think there was something inbuilt in you that helped with that process you'd and and i always say to authors if they ask me for advice whatever it is by all means use professional help around you whether it's designing the book helping you with marketing uh, helping you to sell the book or to format whatever aspect it is in in the whole setup and there's so many moving parts to it but i think you probably underestimate yourself you did you'd worked in the corporate world you had to sell deals uh to people you had to speak to people maybe you weren't doing it in walking out in a public auditorium or doing it live on tv or doing it live on radio but clearly there was an aspect a hidden aspect there that you were you were sort of um going into the depths of yourself that you, you'd experienced and you took that and i think every every independent author has that there's something about themselves that they can latch on to and use in an appropriate place they're probably never going to be able to learn everything and do everything themselves but there's always something from their world it might be that something that helps them in writing the book or it might be something that helps them in formatting the book because they're previously maybe did design web design work or something and they, they can grasp better than maybe other people would about formatting books and presentation of books and what books look like and or what should look like they might have worked in the print industry they might have worked in the media industry they might have worked in other areas of marketing but there's i always believe there's something an author can bring to their book if they find that identity. And I think you found that. Mm. Yeah, well, I don't know what I <laughs> what I found, but I I think belief was a massive thing. Like I believed that that book was going to reach more people than my family. I, and I had no idea how, but there was a belief there. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer as well. And, you know, the time and when the time is right, um, things can kind of happen for you as well. And, I was willing to back myself too. Like I was, I was willing to keep contacting people until 
that one person came back and when it happened you know so soon I like I ditched the plan because I I was so focused on you know getting that interview across the line um, and then yeah like I, it, it's hard to prepare for anything like that but you can just be yourself and tell your story and you know kind of hope for the best as well um you know and then yeah the relief that came when like you know it all it all went okay and you know I was opening up about our personal life too and you know Des had to you know be comfortable with that and you know support me with that process as well um you know but look I got nothing but nice things back from that interview like absolute amazing messages you know heard from people I went to school with heard from people I used to work with heard from people in Australia you know just from all different parts of my life just saying to me you know, well done on sharing your story, you know, and it was just such a positive experience. Um, yeah, so I'm, you know, I was, I was so delighted. I kind of went for it and just trusted that, you know, it would be okay and things would would work out. Um, and then obviously to have the support of Des was, was important as well at that time to, you know, that he was okay with me, you know, sharing some of our, our story. Um, but I guess at this, this, this exact time that this all was happening, was when so on one hand it was amazing I had my interview with Ryan um you know I had all all these listeners but literally the same week my book went out of stock on Amazon and that was shocking for me because I just assumed that it would always be in stock and that I would never have any issues with you know the largest online bookstore in the world yeah. that I would always just be able to sell my book how has this happened I couldn't like I was yeah so on one hand I had this opportunity with an interview but literally at the same time you couldn't buy my book and I couldn't can I couldn't cancel the interview or postpone it or say well you know I need to just put this off until I figure out this technical issue like I couldn't do that so I was trying like for 24 hours to get in touch with Amazon to say can you please put my book back in stock I have this interview you know, in Ireland, it's 200,000 people are listening. Please let my book be available to buy. And essentially, all I got back from Amazon was, well, I'm sorry, but because of Brexit, we're having supply issues. And like my heart was was just, you know, was just broken because like the whole thing was I wanted my book to reach people and now you couldn't buy it. And you know, I'm, I just remember the moment so well, just saying, no, I'm not going to let them, you know, I'm not going to let this happen. Um, so basically what I did was over the weekend, which is actually this today, a year ago. Um, yeah, exactly. A year ago, I looked at Des and I said, I have to set up my own website before this interview on Tuesday. So I had like 48 hours to do it. And I was like, and I need to sell my book myself and I need to do it quickly. And he just was like, but you can just get into through Amazon and, you know, they'll sort it, they'll sort, they'll get sorted. And I said, it's not like, that's not going to happen. And I can't take that risk. So I literally spent the weekend uh, trying to set up a website um, to sell my book. And I did it. I, I had it up in 48 hours. Des helped me um, with the domain name and everything. And I remember we were over and back about what the name should be. And like my name is 
kind of difficult to remember, you know, Rachel Drury. It's not, it's not like it's, it's that a D is that, you know, how do you spell your name? And my book title is so long, like it's actually Power to Fall and Power to Rise. And I remember thinking, no, like I need something catchy. I need something people remember. And it just, the name popped into my head. I said, that's it, buythebook.ie. That was the name, that was going to be the name of my website to buy my book. And if I <laughs> use that on radio, people will re- should remember it anyway. Isn't it interesting? <laughs> that, um, when I think about that, and, and you know, that selection of domain names, because people think, um, should I set up a, den- a domain name with the title of my book? Should I set up a domain name using my own, just my own name? Should I think of something different? It's interesting that, had you thought about things like, uh, should it be buy their book? Should it be buy my book? Be- because, of course, for you then, you didn't know where this was in a, another opportunity or where this might be potentially going as well. You were thinking of it in your space as an author with a book. Yeah, no, exactly. Like at this stage, it was I need to sell my book and I need to like have something quickly. And what's a name that, you know, is easy to to communicate? And I thought by the book.ie. And when I checked that the domain was available, like I was surprised because, I, you know, I was like, this is actually like a really good name for a website. <laughs> I, I would imagine if you went and uh, I've, I've a very good friend in the United States who who actually this is this was one of his major businesses selling domains and he would he would spend hours and hours every day and he made it a living selling domains but buying domains for next to nothing but knowing my god i can't believe that domain is available and somebody is going to be knocking on my well emailing me and saying oh damn it we wanted to use that here mm-hmm. give you two thousand dollars for it if you sell it to us no 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 give me five thousand dollars and he has sold domains for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 dollars. Wow. As yeah, I know it's value the value to a company mm-hmm. is, is extraordinary. But anyway, we digress. So Yeah. No, have- so I, I I got the domain name, um, got the website up. Um, but basically, to cut a long story short, even though I had it up, we didn't have enough time for the security clearances to get the SSL certificates and it, it just 48 hours was basically not enough time to have it up uh, and ready so that Radio 1 or RTE would share the website name basically and I don't think that they necessarily share names you know of, of websites so it basically what happened was at the end of the interview the it said Brian said buy your book buy Rachel's book wherever you buy your books and unfortunately it wasn't available on Amazon and unfortunately it wasn't in any bookstore (laughs) so I was completely and utterly you know doing an interview with no real options for people to buy the book ironically and that's how I started and I suppose I learned a massive like at that moment when all that happened I learned the biggest lesson of you know my new career and basically what was my new business that no other author was ever going to be in that position ever again, again. where they here, needed a solution. My, here, here's my question. Um, and this is where we're really going to start getting into by the book. Um, we're going to move into looking at this area because this, this is the core part of our interview. Yeah. But, but just as an intro to that, I'm thinking to myself, 
by God, that would be now. Now, I, I, I'm not saying this as a writer or journalist. I'm not saying that I've been traditionally published. I've, I've been self-publishing since literally 1990. Uh, I, I kind of I know how it works and all the ins and outs. But I'm thinking from your perspective. OK, I've got this website. Um, buy the book. Um, OK, but. What just just explain to me what were you doing? What was it? And and this probably formulates what was going to happen with um with with by the book as as a greater entity for other writers. You know, you had this. So okay, you you cleared all the uh, security issues with it. I'm sure within that week it was then up and running. Yeah. You went in. You went in uh, bookshops. Um. You were just on Amazon. There was an, the issue with Amazon that I know is the issue with all, you know, print on demand that can happen. And there's nothing worse than a writer not grasping that. Look, a lot of these issues are down to print on demand and your book goes in the queue and it's printed one at a time and it's drop shipped out. And But for you, had you were you dealing that week post interview with the concept of, well, OK, I've got the website up, but the book. How do I get the book bought and to the customer? Had you started to think about that? You know, do I need physical books? Uh, how's this going to work? How am I going to get my head around this? Yeah, yeah. No, so I had already, um, I had author copies from oh. Amazon on the way okay. yeah, to the house. Um, so I was going to re, I was basically going to resell the Amazon copies. Um, and they were going to be here in, you know, maybe. So I could still, even though my book was out of stock, I could I could get author copies. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what was on the way to the house um, at the time when buy the book was there and, and the book was available to buy. But unfortunately, um, it wasn't ready in time for that for that interview. We just didn't have enough time. Yeah. So even though we, you know, we we tried, it just wasn't meant to be. But that was a fundamental um, you know, massive wake up call to me. And I remember just thinking at the time and around that time that, you know, no other author should ever be in that position where they're literally left last minute and they're not able to sell their book. And and that became a massive um, part of um, starting by the book that, you know, I would basically have the solution that I was looking for that weekend um you know and that I just knew like it was just so obvious to me that if you're facing that kind of stuff with Amazon you know which is which I'm I'm not one to give out about Amazon because at the end of the day they did publish my book I did get author copies you know and people bought the ebook you know you're still able to buy the ebook and, and many independent authors use it and would say 78% of my book sales worldwide are down to that. They're online, they're bought online. Yeah. I owe my living and the fact that I can work right and earn a, a reasonable living full-time writing, and it's down to Amazon. Mm -hmm. Other authors yeah. are uncomfortable with the Amazon um, ecosystem, and I get it, and I understand the reasons why. And it, it's you know we could maybe touch on that as we we go through with by the book. You know it's down to what we call uh, marketing and platform ecosystems. You know mm -hmm. of control that yeah. you realize I've got control of my rights, but I don't actually have control of sales and distribution necessarily at any moment. 
a platform, be it um, Ingram Spark, uh, Amazon Marketplace, uh, Amazon KDP, uh, Amazon Kindle, uh, Smash World, name any uh, platform where books are sold and printed through the system. Um, they can just bang, change the rules and say, sorry, that's not happening anymore. We're doing it this way now. And, uh, you know, we don't we don't we're not charging you for access to this platform. Um, you've had a, a free reign up till now, but no, it doesn't suit us now. And you're always at that mercy and you don't mm-hmm. have an alternative that, yeah. that would have got with a traditional publisher. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I suppose I, I was of the view that, look, Amazon is good for some things and I'm going to, you know, continue to use it for those things. However, there's this massive area where they're not so good at. And I had faced that issue directly. And whether it's because of print and demand or Brexit or whatever reason, it's still, you know, not good enough to not be able to buy my book. Um, you know, whether I'm paying for it or not, they're still taking 30 percent royalties from me. I had this massive opportunity and they completely let me down. So I just thought, right, I'll take matters into my own hands. I'll get the book, you know, listed on my own platform, um, you know, which I probably should have had set up anyway, but I didn't because, you know, I never thought that this thing could happen. Um, but better late than never. And then I just thought, you know, there has to be other authors out there that are, you know, looking for the same thing that are probably dealing with the same issues because of Brexit. And wouldn't it be lovely to come on to an Irish-owned platform and see Irish authors come together in a, you know, in a, in a, in a way that is not displayed on Amazon? Because I had it in my head as well, you know, when your book is on Amazon, it just gets lost, like within yeah, yeah, thousands absolutely. and thousands of other products. You know, which is obviously, you know, fair enough because they are who they are. But I loved the idea of having a website where you saw all the books um, when you landed on the page. And that was kind of a thing I had in my head from the very start, that books could be showcased, you know, much better than on these multi, you know, mega platforms. Multinational platforms, yeah, because Amazon sells everything from clothes to electronics and you know books and yes it initially had its origins uh in books but it's become much more than that it it and amazon as i always say to people remember amazon is uh, a sales platform uh for products it's a warehousing and distribution center it's a printer in uh, the last 10 years, it's become a publisher in its own right, literally, uh, you know, a, a royalty publisher. It's um, it's got into uh, business web services. Amazon is a be-and-end-all behemoth now of everything, and it does deals and controls, and you, you know, would more than anybody understand this from the corporate world. And when you're a tiny, tiny, tiny part of that marketing place, um, you realize what you're up against when we have thousands of books being published throughout the world every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so I, you know, I kind of found the experience like it was it was fine. It did what, you know, it did a lot of like good things for me, but I just thought, no, there, there has to be another way. Um, and it was probably then about two weeks after the, the show, after I did my own interview with Ryan, um, again, my mum said to me, um, 
it's funny, this is twice now. She said to me, you know, there was a lady on the news and she's she's self-published her own book and she's 95. And I just thought that this was incredible. So I went back and got the news clip. And there she was, Bridget Kavanagh, at 95 with her book in her hands. And I just was blown away by this story. And her sons were there with her in the piece and they had like helped her achieve her lifelong dream. And she did it at 95. And I just looked at Des and I was like, that's my first customer, that lady. Um, so, he, you know, straight away we got on the Facebook page because they were saying, oh, go on our Facebook page and order the book. And I was on the Facebook page being like, how do I order the book? Yeah. And I straight, you know, straight away had an example of someone who had a book, but there was no clear cut way in ordering it. Yeah, um, like drop, drop me a message or here's an email. Email me. Yeah. There's a more mechanical and automated way to do this and I think I can figure this out yeah so straight away I got on and I said hi I'm Rachel I've set up by the book.ie and I have my had my own book on it at this stage it was looking a bit lonely (laughs) but nonetheless I said you know please uh you know to let me call you to to talk about how we can sell your mom's book so anyway, I had a conversation with Declan. He did end up bringing me, like they had hundreds of emails um, and interest in the book. Um, and they they did, they sold a lot of books. But by the time I got to Declan, I said, you can list your book on my website. We'll do all the payment for you. It's really straightforward. And I sent him the link and everything. And he said, yeah, yeah. He said, that sounds good. And he said, I'm oh, like, what's in it for you? <laughs> and I said, I want to help you sell the book. Like I genuinely, I think your mum's story is so good and I want to make your life easier and I want us to work together. And I just had a very, very strong urge that that was my first customer and it was going to become like much more um, than just, you know, oh, I'll sell your book. And it did. So what happened was Declan listed the book and he started promoting it on his end and I was promoting my book on my end. And what would happen once a week is like we'd have a chat on the phone and he'd say, do you know this bookstore is blah, blah, blah. And I'd say, no way. And then I'd get onto the bookstore and then he'd say, do you know a bookstore in Donegal? And I wouldn't, but I'd find one and I'd like negotiate a price, a discount price, because that was good for his mom's book. And all of a sudden there was this like collaboration between the two of us. And it was just brilliant. Like we both mutually benefited from working together. We both had like, high profile interview um, which kind of leapfrogged us into the you know into selling our books and we were trying to figure it out as we went but it was so much easier when we came together to do it and one of my favorite things uh, between the two of us was actually figuring out the price of stamps and how we could post a book instead of nine euro for six euro and, you know, there was these like special stamps that we could buy. And I remember we found them and I think he found them. And then I tracked them down in the post office. And it was like this game changer that you could buy these stamps and send 10 kg anywhere in Ireland for six euro. And it was just small things and working together that was just really enjoyable. Um, my book went to America a few times because of Bridget's book. So someone would come on from America to buy her book and then they just pick up my book because they were like listed together. So we were benefiting in so many ways, like the sales wasn't really, you know, so when Declan said to me, what's in it for me? 
like genuinely it was the enjoyment of working together and and it, I was indirectly testing the idea without kind of realizing it like it was it was definitely the best market research I could have done which was just jump in with another author and see when you come together is it is it is it better than as I say going it alone yeah and it just was and Declan like used to make me laugh so much like with his stories every week I got such a kick out of seeing his book ship like not just to America but to Australia from our little website <clears throat> you know it was just such an amazing experience and then from his point of view instead of manually dealing with orders with emails all of a sudden he was just getting you know the email from me that the order went through and he was getting paid like directly within seven days of the sale going through um so yeah that was that was the start and that was it was only the two of us for probably about a month um there thereabouts and then i remember thinking like it could have been in like march time he said okay I'm going to go now and start tracking down other authors to join us. Um, and I knew then, like I knew in my heart, I was like, this is like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, and I need to now focus on growing the business and making it like just, you know, making it more than just me and Declan. When, when I looked at uh, by the book, um, the, the the first questions that I, that I had um, was, I think it's the first thing that, that strikes you about, you know, any company and any writing or publishing platform that you go on, you know, you'll always say, okay, well, how can I sell my book? Um, um, how am I going to make, you know, royalties and, and money on it? And then when you, you grasp that bit, then you kind of pause and you say, um, yeah, but hang on a second. Um, how are they making money? So I I want you to we'll go for two perspectives here. First of all, um let let's deal with it from author front mm-hmm. uh, as a website. There are as I understand it as a public consultant, there are really two models you can go to. Uh one of them is um now Arthur comes to you. You can effectively just become a customer of um you know ingram spark or ingram distribution and plug into their system and do the drop shipping print on demand from there a lot of websites over the last 10 years have gone that way but what i thought was fascinating you chose a model that i'm starting to notice that other book marketing companies are doing uh, online now you instead went for the subscription model. Mm-hmm. So I, I want you to just explain a little bit for for uh, viewers and listeners about the, how the model works. If I'm a perspective or anybody listening here yeah. is is an, how it works for them. And, and, and let's be all honest, we all want to sell books. We'd like to make a little bit of money. You can't do all you're doing and mm-hmm. think when people go to your website um by the book.ie they'll start to realize that there's you've you've done an extraordinary job in building this platform that works 
works for Irish authors, but also gains them not just national, but international sales as well. It, it works. Now, of course, there's a little bit of work on the um, author end of it. But, you know, that's that's that is actually the nature of um, independent uh, publishing uh, in the authorship and, and self-publishing. But but hey, you know, we also live in a world of traditional publishing. And guess what? When you get into that area, you suddenly realize that you're doing a hell of a lot more than author even 30 or 40 years ago as well. So talk to me a little bit about um, the process for an author who maybe looks at the website and goes, yeah, I'm, I might be interested in this. Mm. Yeah. So when we so we got I started approaching people. Um, to start building, you know, get some author interest. And, you know, some authors at the start weren't necessarily convinced by the concept and the idea. So actually the first thing I did with the first, I'd say, 10 was I said, look, just come on board for free. I don't expect any money, um, but I want to show you the concept works or can work. So I offered our first like 10 authors three months for free and uh, just to come on board and like, let's just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And we started having monthly member calls. We started, you know, discussing ideas with each other. And yeah, like I, I basically worked for free because I wanted to prove my business idea to other people. Um, and at the end of the three months, I did. I managed that. And I kind of approached them then. I just said, you know, after the three months, this is the this is the pricing. Um, you know, you can stay or if it's not for you. Thanks for your time. Um, so the majority of people said, no, look, you know, it, it does. It is a good idea. It is a good concept. We like the idea. And they were willing then to pay. So I was over and back for a while about like, well, what's a fair price? Because I wanted it to be fair. Um, you know, and I was thinking about it from my point of view, what would I have paid? Because I was in this position where I was looking for, you know, a, a solution to sell my book. So what would I value to that? I knew I knew what Amazon were doing, um, you know, in terms of 30%. So I, I came to the decision that I didn't want to be um, emotionally involved in how many books someone sold and how much, you know, an author sold on my website. And I didn't want to have you know, different relationships or different, you know, um, what's the word, different sales with different people and, you know, some yep. of them were selling. So I wanted I wanted us all, I wanted an equal, like, playing field for everyone. And I suppose my thinking was, you know, I have a hosting fee for this website every month. Um, you know, so I suppose as long as that's covered for now, you know, what's a fair kind of price. So, if I can cover my costs monthly and know, then I don't like need to get involved with how many books people are selling. And this could be really innovative in the sense that an author actually takes home all the royalties and I don't get involved in royalties at all. And that's what I was leaning on. Like if I could get my monthly thing and I knew how much I was getting every month, I could cover my costs. And then whatever people sold, they sold. They took home all the money. And then, you know, if there's authors selling more than others, it was nothing to me because it was, you know, I was getting my my monthly my monthly fee. So that that's sort of what I was leaning towards. It was my gut feeling was 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 going for that. And then I arrived at the the the, the cost of 15 a month. Uh, I felt that that was a fair price. I was looking at my own costs, 
And I was sort of looking at it as well. Like if you have your own website and you're paying monthly hosting costs, you know, I want to be competitive with that. So what I was trying to do is say, you know, to some authors, you know, instead of building your own website and getting involved with that, like we will give you a website within our website at the same costs it would cost you to host your own, if not cheaper. So I was like trying to like get the balance where, you know, I was covering my own costs. I was given a competitive thing and I was given the opportunity for authors to go out and sell as much or as little as they wanted. And then as well, you know, without realizing it at the time, you know, if our authors are out there, which they're entitled to do because I'm about author choice and they're out there promoting Amazon, you know, I, for me, it's like, well, promote what you want. Like if that suits you to promote Amazon instead of buy the book, fine, because I'm not emotionally involved with the sales and that like, that separation was really actually good. So I support the author, whatever works for the author. I don't say, you know, because there are some marketplaces and they do say, oh, you know, why are you not advertising us? Why are you? I don't I don't get involved with that with the authors. They pay me every month. That comes in. That covers my costs. You know, that was my kind of my 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 thinking. And that worked like that worked quite well. And some authors have done extremely well on the website and they've taken home every euro from every sale and that actually makes me happy to see them because that proves my my business model works and you know even though I mightn't take anything back out of that it's like it's still that feeling of look how many people have visited our website look at all those sales and yeah there is part of me that thinks that money has come into an Irish business and out to an Irish author and it has avoided Amazon and that is my drive every single day and that's not me bashing Amazon but that is a massive thing for me we are diverting money from them through Ireland and back out to Irish authors like that is what I genuinely wake up every day and like you know I'm most passionate about um and yeah what we did was we, we put the member offer out. Most people signed up. Um, so it was 50, so the model is 15 euro a month, 0% commission um, that we take. And, or, which is a very popular option, people can sign up for six months and they get that at a slightly discounted rate. Um, yes. And that's six months for 75. So some people, like I know I'm one of them, I hate stuff coming out every month. Um, I'd much prefer, you know, a year. I, a year is too long for me. Um, because I didn't even know where the business was going to go. So I said, no, every six months. And that was a very popular option. And I'm glad anyway you brought it up because what we decided then this year, just like the last few weeks, um, you know, I said to Des, well, look, I'm all about author choice and options. And like I have built my business around what's best for the author. Um, So I just thought about like, you know, maybe there's some of them and they want more of a hybrid option. And that they're happy with the commission and, you know, commission based with a membership. So we've just introduced a new option. Um, So you can do 15 a month, 0% commission, the 75 for six months, 0% commission. Or our new offer is 29 euro for six months and 10% commission. That's kind of a mix. It's it's kind of, yeah, it's it's bringing together the two. Yeah, I know. It's fascinating that you went and I much prefer it and it's it's I, I think more and more companies be it 
newspapers, uh, publishing platforms are beginning to see there's much more lifespan in the subscription models. Yeah. No, look, I mean, it's 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 good to have a mix of all three because, you know, when the 75s come in, you know, they get reinvested into the business at the moment. Like I'm reinvesting in, in Facebook ads, Instagram ads, you know, marketing where I can. And, you know, when the 15s come in, they very much cover, you know, the ongoing hosting costs and anything we have there for the business. And then, you know, the 29s, you know, again. So a lot of the money is actually getting, you know, recycled um, at the moment. But I am taking a longer term view of the business. And, you know, for me, it's sort of, you know, we're a year now um, as of today. We've just gone over 50 authors, which I'm incredibly proud of. And I feel like we can only kind of grow from this point because I haven't necessarily either really heavily promoted the concept. You know, I have reached out um, within my capacity and as much as I can to let people know. But I haven't actually run like any proper campaigns. And that is my plan like for this year Um, and to try and get like I'm definitely going to try and push now more on the, you know, the publicity side of things to see what kind of promotion I can get in the media for, you know, what is a really unique concept um, which showcases Irish authors, it's good for them. Um, so yeah, so although, you know, my my business model at the moment, um, like it works for me, it's sort of like I am taking a longer term view of the business. And another side of it will be, um, we're gonna introduce monthly masterclasses. And the idea behind them is that I will go and find experts in their fields um, in the book publishing world. And I will bring those experts in to buy the book. And every month we'll have a topic um, with those experts. And members will basically be able to access those classes for a much lower cost than people who aren't members. Um, so for example, our next masterclass is gonna be on audiobooks and podcasts for authors which is really interesting. So we've got a really, really, really great guy coming in to give us like a two hour talk on that. So on one hand, you know, the marketplace and selling the book is really important to me. And we've built a really good website for that. But on the other side, I really want to like look at the community and like, how can we help authors with exactly that topic Mm -hmm. of selling their book, of branching out in their book, you know, whether it's social media or publicity or doing an audio book or whatever it is that they're interested in. I want to find that out and I want to find an expert and I want to bring that expert in to, you know, to, to teach us because it is such an ongoing learning like process. Um, and I feel like as our community grows, like we can only get stronger um, by learning like from others and from each other. Just um on that and as we progress on um talk to me i mean you've talked a little bit about um business uh inspiration uh i think you mentioned eddie uh yeah your younger years um what what i want to move on to is your own um corporate marketing uh inspirations to people that you admire and perhaps we could um, talk a little bit about, um, you, you've talked about by the book, but in general, um, the, the future of publishing both for writers and publishers in 2022 mm. and onwards. 
Um, yeah, so someone I'm actually following at the moment and I'm finding him really inspirational um, is a guy called Mark Dawson. I don't oh, know if you've yeah, yeah. come across him. Um, you know, and I think he has sort of laid out a pretty clear blueprint in how you can make your living as a writer. And from my point of view, I kind of was thrown in, and, you know, I threw myself in, but like I threw myself into the deep end with this. And, you know, when I had my book, I didn't really have a plan. And then I did, I suppose, figure it out as I went along. Um, and it's only really this year, you know, once we got the website up and we, you know, we made sure that that was working because that was so important and ironed it out. It's only this year that I'm saying to myself, okay, you know, how do I become more of an expert in this field and how do I really now actively help others with all those questions that, you know, keep coming up from authors? How do I help my own members? How do I help people who are thinking of writing a book? Because fundamentally, I believe like we're only getting started really with the, you know, the world of self-publishing and where it's going. And I think we only have to look at America to see, you know, the trends over there and what's happening. And you know, I genuinely think self-publishing is becoming more popular over there than the traditional publishers. Now, again, that's not to diss or put, you know, say, that's not no, anything against a, traditional a, publishers. Yeah, there's a rightful place for a book. And at all. And, need. You know, yeah, need. and I should probably say as well, like I did send my book to traditional publishers. I have no problem saying that because I was interested to see you know, with, were they interested in my book and what, you know, I wanted to go through that process. Now, I got five rejection letters back and that's absolutely fine. And if a publisher ever came to me and wants to do a book, you know, I would, you know, even though I do what I do, I would still have a conversation with them, as I think everyone should. So my fundamental thing is always about choice. Whatever is best for the author is what I support. And if that is going from self-publishing to traditional, traditional self-publishing, whatever, whatever works for them. But I want to be on the outside, mm-hmm. supporting them and encouraging them and giving them confidence as well, um, you know, to, to go for things and to like to take those chances and the risks that you kind of need to take. So I guess where I'm at now is and people that I'm looking up to like right now is Stephanie Mark Dawson, just because I think what he's gone on to do is pretty incredible. And I have signed up to his courses and I've started them and they're really good. And, you know, I have to commend him. He's tailored it in a certain way. It's really informative. And he is like setting out a roadmap for any author to build a profile and to sell their book. And I, that is something I, I want to learn. Yeah, uh, myself, I think people, more uh, about. I think many people listening uh, to this uh, uh, podcast, videocast as well, well, also, and it, it might be interesting uh, for you to reach out to him, who, who he might be very much interested in your uh, some of your master classes as well. And the added bonus, he's Irish, uh, is David Gochran. OK, um, he's uh, he's been on the uh, the uh, indie author scene for a long, long time. And of course, the uh, um, the uh, Ali self-publishing independent group. Uh, yeah. I've worked with, uh, 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 for uh, some time as well previously. Mm-hmm. So there are so many opportunities out there for people doing what you're doing, as well as uh, writers uh, getting into this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I what I envisage to do, um, because I can just see this whole market taken off, and you know we have the platform now, which is fundamental, like the actual 
you know, platform to sell your book. And that's part of it. And that that was the start of buy the book. Um, but really, I can see like myself and buy the book grow to be something much more. And we'll start with the master classes, which is basically what do authors want to learn about and how can we convey that information back to them? But really, I do want to just for myself and for my next book, I want to understand that process much better than I did the first time, where sure. it's about, you know, whether it's about your mailing list or your social media following or whatever it is where you build, you know, your own audience and you are like not relying on chance or just luck to sell your book. And what's been really interesting and like an absolute privilege, to be honest, is being part of by the book, watching other authors and how they do it. And, you know, I'm I'm lucky. I count myself lucky that they've agreed to list their book on my site and I'm watching from the sidelines and I'm learning so much from literally working with these amazing, you know, amazingly talented people. And, you know, some we're all at different stages and. You know, some people do just write a book because it was a goal or a personal thing and they put it up. Um, and, you know, it's 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 sort of, you know, for them, not necessarily something that they want to, you know, actively market every day. And then there's others. Um, you know, I know a girl like right now and she's, you know, she's just incredible. She's doing radio interviews every second day and her book is selling like fantastically well on our website so she's really really pushing it she's going for it she's really knocking on all the doors and you know people have different approaches I think we go through stages as well like you know and that's fine too I mean with my own book like you know there was a burst at the start then nothing then I got back into it and you know I haven't done anything with my book for at least three months it's like completely neglected but, you know, I don't feel I don't feel like there's anything for me to do with it. And I feel like, if anything, it's probably a second book for me as what, opposed what to is, trying, to, just trying to keep flogging the first book. What, what What is that second book? What, what is the oh, you don't have to tell us now. No, no, no. It's so it is it is mostly written, actually. The second one is more is a combination of the first one, the real personal one. Yeah. Um, And then, the you know, the. The kind of the lessony bit, but not like too lessony. So the, the the one that I definitely see next is like a combination of like, you know, this is a bit about my personal life without going too much into it, and also this like journey of like navigating an illness and the emotional impact that it has. And I really want to like touch on that. So I want to talk about like the guilt and the grief and the fear and the anger and all of it like this kind of roller coaster. And I really want to like address that. Because, you know, when they diagnosed me, it was always about managing the physical side of the condition and never the emotional. And we and don't do so well on things like that when things happen in life, do we? And, and I, no. it's particularly, well, not particularly, but I, I see it more so in Ireland as well, that it's not something we've culturally and historically, uh, particularly in recent uh, uh, times, obviously, uh, the big C and and the pandemic, uh, that's that's a that's a long conversation that is not going to go away in the the coming months and years and, and what we've all been through. Mm. 
No, look, I mean, definitely. And, you know, when you shove it away, like it doesn't go away, you know, and it just surf- it comes up to the surface in different ways. And it really doesn't help you get better, you know, when you're when you're when you're not processing the emotional baggage that comes with, you know, just your life changing and, you know, being upset and like anger was a big thing with me and like regret and like looking at others and thinking, you know, well, like, why, why do they get to have kids and get married? And I didn't. And, you know, like, it's just so negative, but it was part and parcel of, you know, my, my, my own journey. And I want to write about it and be really open and honest and being like, this is what I went through. Cause I feel ready now to like open up that part of myself, um, you know, and, and to try and like make others, you know, who might read it feel like, okay, well, I'm not alone in feeling that or, you know, whatever it might be. So that's, that is definitely the second book. But I suppose what I'm trying to do now is, you know, buy the book is my business and I'm, you know, I want to be active in promoting that, helping authors, getting the, you know, and getting the buy the book word out there. Um, you know, and as I said, like growing the community and, and, and getting those masterclasses go- going. But I suppose then the other side of it is that I will now teach myself as much as I can about selling a book and and how to sell a book and how to get your audience and how to like, you know, be, you know, give it the best shot that you can. And I am going to learn that through, I suppose, Mark Dawson and other sources. Mm. And then what I would like to do is like put that into practice for my second book. And then again, be able to bring that learning back into buy the book and help members in whatever way that is. So it's sort of like I did my first book. I threw myself into the deep end. I saw this opportunity. I just went for it. I put everything into it. And now part of me needs to take a step back and say, OK, you know, now you need to like up your game and really learn, you know, learn the trade and learn the business because, you know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say I know it all. I don't. I'm picking stuff up as I go. I have like I have knowledge, but I always feel like you can learn from the people who have who've done it before you. And I genuinely think that Mark Dawson has laid out a blueprint for any author. You have to pay for those courses, you know, but you have to commit if you want to commit as, you know, uh, as he says, if you want to earn your living from from writing. He can show you the way to do that. Um and I'm, you know, I'm committed to learn, not because I want to make my own living from writing, because I I find that that can put a lot of pressure on people. And I always feel with writing, it's good to have a few things going on, you know, and to kind of spread it, to spread it out, um, you know, the, you know, to to feel like you have to pay your bills from your book and your writing is, you know, is on a course quite in, difficult. In fairness, uh, I, I think this is one thing we shouldn't forget. Probably, it might be an idea or a dream, but the vast bulk of writers, it's not necessarily their dream, um, to to earn a living from, you know, writing not necessarily they have their own lives and it's just something Mm -hmm. they feel inspired to do and just do and want to do as well as possible Mm -hmm. necessarily a way of earning a living either i think Mm -hmm. that's misunderstood and when i first got into self-publishing particularly around i suppose from 2005 2006 I, i sensed there was a degree of push on writers and they some writers just felt uncomfortable maybe they just felt that no i just want to write one book and just 
that that that's what it was about. Mm-hmm. Some of them went on to write, you know, ten books. Uh, some of them didn't write another book, and that that's no that that's not a an issue. And some of them, like you, got into this sphere or area by writing a book and suddenly realizing there's a lot I can help other authors with. So self-publishing has created a huge community. Mm-hmm. And it's see that that's one of the areas in the coming years that this year and in the coming years that you want to build on, uh, building that community as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like there is such strength in numbers. Um, but even that, you know, going back to like why I would want to write the second book, like just that feeling when you're in a community, it's the feeling that you're not alone and that other people are like in the same position as you. And they have, you know, at times that you need it, they have encouragement or they have words or advice or whatever it is, you know, that can help you out with the particular issue you're dealing with. And we do see that in the group, you know, some members ask questions you know, to other members. And, you know, there's something lovely about facilitating that. Um, you know, we had an event last year. It was the first real life event um, where some of our authors went down to Ballymaloo, which is a place in Cork, and they sold their books um, at a fair and they met each other and, you know, they're forming connections with each other. And that's lovely to be a part of. So for me, it is as much about that as selling the actual book. You know, it's that networking, building relationships, ask questions, learning, you know, things as you go. Um, and, you know, maybe coming across things that you mightn't have necessarily thought you were even looking for. So, you know, like as we as we grow and like even now our children book authors are starting to grow and, and come into the group, you know, for people who might have thought about writing a children's book but not really known how, now we have this, you know, dynamic where there's, a load of children book authors they can ask advice you know from so yeah look it's definitely um important i think in any industry to have a community that you can go to and meet other people who are you know in a position that they can support each other um yeah so we we have that and um we were asking me then the future of publishing um yeah look i think I genuinely think the big five, um, and we especially see like some of them in Ireland, you know, they'll always have a massive share of the market. Um, they'll always have, you know, the high profile books. And um, they'll always be in. I can't see them going away anytime soon. And, you know, nor should they either. But I can see the I can see the self-publishing thing really taking off for people who might never have written a book. So that's where it will really take off. So it's not necessarily even that traditional publishing might go down, but it's that the opportunities now for people to write that book, and I was one of them, is now, you know, 10 times easier than waiting around for a traditional publisher to take you on. Because they'll only take you on anyway if they think you're going to sell a certain amount of books. And not everyone is going to sell that amount of books, and nor should they. Yeah. You know, just because you don't sell that amount of books doesn't mean you shouldn't share your story or write your story um you know and i genuinely think if you're selling two three five hundred books that's brilliant you you know that's still that's still 500 people and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be disregarded yeah yeah just because you can't sell any more than 500 books in a year that's that's something that many 
many. Is that even the right word? Some, perhaps, like down to be offensive, uh, the traditional authors. But uh, I certainly know of, um, well, I think I know of many traditional um, uh, published authors that uh, haven't sold 500 books uh, in a year. But mm-hmm. people would have an illusion that they have. But that's just the nature of the business and the path that they've chosen. Mm. You're going to get that with self-publishing, but it equally doesn't mean you're going to get that with traditional publishing. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, either or is a risk, but it's the reasons why you want to put your book out there and what value you want to get back mm-hmm. who you want to reach. Yeah. And, you know, it is really interesting as well, like to see people now on social media and they have their niche and they have their followers and they're in the perfect position because they already have their audience ready to go. They're in the perfect position to self-publish because they don't necessarily need anyone to market or sell their book for them because, you know, they've already built that relationship. And that's where it can be really successful. Um, And there is services today And I've seen it in Ireland with a lady who was just incredible. And I was lucky enough to get a lot of her authors at the start. But she's a lady called Orla Kelly, and she does a fantastic job of self-publishing books. (laughs) So much so that you would never know the difference between the quality of her work and a book that has been traditionally published. Because she's so professional. And, you know, I have to hand it to her because when I started seeing her books, because I was getting them to the house, like it really shifted my own perspective on how, you know, a self-published author is as good as a tradition. There's no difference as a traditionally published book. Yeah. And, you know, it is people like Orla that started like breaking the mold on that. And, you know, her level of work is, you know, is so professional and she's done like the industry really proud. Um, and I, when I started looking at those books, I just thought, yeah, like our website is going to look, fantastic because look at these covers like you know and and that's what I want to kind of change as well is the the perception around self-published authors that were less or that were worse and I would say to anyone go on our website and look at all the books like they're no they're no less equal no different than any major publishers website if you go on absolutely that's the whole point yeah. So if you have someone like Orla Kelly and she self-published, she helps you self-publish the book and you have your own social media following and you sell directly to them, um, whether it's on your own website or by the book.ie, like it's a, you know, it's it's a no brainer to do it that way. Um, as opposed to, you know, going down the traditional publisher route that might take time and obviously takes, you know, they have to cover their costs. So they have to take, you know, the majority of the royalties. Um, But that was another thing. Like, I remember must have been Kathleen told me about the percentage, you know, that 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 90 percent. Like, you know, I I was shocked when I heard that. I remember at the start and, you know, as I've gone on, I understand maybe why, you know, why they have to because their costs. But still, it's, you know, it is it is quite low for, you know, an author just to take home 10 percent. And I'd much prefer it's and personal. Part of the reason for that is, is mm. to keep maybe having an illusion that um, oh, it must be to do with the uh, design and print costs. And But often in a traditional uh, book that's published, the vast majority of that investment from a traditional publisher comes from marketing. 
because they understand that's key to the sales. Yeah. Yeah. And and it is. I mean, it absolutely is. And, you know, going back to, you know, what I'm learning now through Mark Dawson, you know, he's invested significant amounts of money through Facebook ads and Amazon ads, yeah. you know, and he's seen the return in his investment, but he's had to invest. You know, he never he didn't just put his book up there and expect, you know, it just to, to sell. Um, you know, he has put money where his mouth is and, you know, exactly like a traditional publisher, um, you know, would do. It's like, yes, some of the money goes into the, you know, the process, but yeah. 80% of your budget is for marketing. Um, if you want to actually reach your audience, you, you're, you can't reach them. Well, you can reach them for free through publicity and traditional media, but you can't reach them on most of the platforms now for no money and you know you can learn there are ways of learning how to reach them effectively um you know again that's a work in progress for me and i don't know genuinely how i feel yet about spending you know x amount of money on facebook ads and instagram ads you know i'm trialing it but i think that's what everyone has to do they have to trial it and see does it work for them and different things are going to work for different people um but you know you genuinely can't just expect your book to sell amongst thousands of others without any you know publicity or paid marketing you know it just doesn't happen um so you know you need your followers or you need your free publicity or you need your your social media campaigns and they're paid rachel um it's 50 books at the moment on um by the i hope uh, one of the targets might be 500 books on by the book die it is at the end of it well that's good because that that's that would have been the target i suggested for you um for the end of say december uh 2022 uh just your final thoughts and where do you where do you think you're going to be in 2032 now there's a question for us to finish uh, um yeah like i i definitely see myself now working in this full time mm-hmm. um like i think i said at the start you know, I knew I would be doing something, but I didn't know what it was. But I feel quite strongly now about this industry um, and I enjoy it. You know, like I genuinely have found something now. And I know people say that and like that used to really annoy me. If you enjoy it, it doesn't feel like work. But <laughs> I no, genuinely no. enjoy what I do. And I, you know, when I see benefits and as I said, when I see the book sell, like it makes me so happy. Um, you know, and I just want to keep going on that feeling you know of of enjoying it and being happy and trying to encourage others and help others and i do think that if you if you help others it comes back and that has definitely been the case um you know with by the book and i've gotten such support back from you know people i've never met like i you know i've just basically met everyone online yeah and they've really like had my back and believed in you know the business concept um, and I just feel like now is the year, like I wanted to prove that, you know, the business model worked and that people would, you know, benefit from it. And on the back of that, I wanted to have a really good marketplace where when people went on the website, they were impressed. Um, and I feel now this is the year to really promote by the book and the authors and the concept and to grow, to grow it while at the same time keeping it where I know them all. And I know them all by first name and I respond to every email, you know, and 
I meet them online and we have, you know, the conversations to help each other. Like I still want to keep that even though we grow and that as we grow, the members will benefit because there's more people in the community and that can only be a good thing. And then, yeah, like how it, we're, how it like will evolve in terms of, you know, outside Ireland, I don't really know yet. And what I mean by that is in, you know, we have two authors at the moment, which is lovely. One is, so they're both Irish, but one is in America and one is in England. Mm. Um, you know, so we are international, but, you know, I suppose I don't know how that's going to grow. Does it, does buy the book grow outside of Ireland into different, you know, jurisdictions or does it stay in Ireland and it have, you know, people in different countries, you know, part of our community? So how it, how it evolves outside Ireland, I have, I suppose, no idea because that would be the longer term. If I went to 2032, it would be like potentially a global network of Irish authors mm-hmm. um, or a global network of authors because, you know, to some degree, there's no reason that the concept can't be global, which is basically, you know, we are an alternative to Amazon to sell your book um, and we provide the platform and on the back of the platform, there's a community, um, you know, and we will never sell thousands of other products. Um, it's just not. Well, we couldn't do it because the name. You won't be. You won't be <laughs> going the book is limited to... us. But <laughs> yeah, like I, I would just believe in that. You know, if we sell, we sell books. Like we just always sell books. Um, you know, and that's that's good for the customer as well. And you know, you have to bear that in mind as well. The customer experience. You know, I want people to come on the website who like books and that they, it's a nice browsing experience for them and that they would find books that they might not have otherwise found and that they're all lovely. You know, the way they're laid out is lovely, you know, and that it is a good customer experience because without our customers, you know, we we, we don't have a business either. So, yeah, I've tried to go at all angles, but fundamentally I am, you know, always thinking the author and I'm thinking of them because I was in that position myself and I still am and hope to be. And that I think is is unique, you know, a unique position to be in to build the business around something that you would want to join yourself and that you would value yourself. And that's what I always come back to. And perhaps as well, there's a way for uh, and I'm sure you've already thought about looking this uh, for uh, by the book to move into uh, ebooks. Yeah. You remove, you're, you're removing the physical need yeah. to, to ship books. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good point. So again, um, I've come across so it's a lot, lot on the list of learning, but I've come across the thing called Book Funnel. Um, again, that was through Mark Dawson's course. And that just seems really interesting um, in terms of a concept um, in that they would distribute the ebook for you um and it's a relatively low membership cost so yeah like there's no reason you know we can't do ebooks um but i i do feel as well you know it's so important that we do we do one thing at a time we do it right no absolutely yeah and that we make sure you know because that mark the marketplace that we built um you know there was a lot behind that and and we kind of sat back and made sure and we're still making sure that as the sales go through that the customer gets their email, that the author gets the email, that the author gets paid, you know, and that the glitches are all ironed out, um, you know, and I felt sort of very, you know, um, I felt very strongly that we wouldn't, 
we wouldn't offer anything else in terms of products or options until our marketplace was was working as good as it can be. And we're we're almost there. Like we're we're confident enough that we don't need to monitor monitor it as closely as we have been. Excellent. Rachel Drury, author and uh, owner of By the Books. It's been uh, a pleasure. If you need any of the links to go to, I think there was an interview uh, we talked about uh, during the uh, during this interview. Thank you to Rachel for joining us today in the interview. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. As always, just your only appreciation is a like, a subscribe, a follow, wherever you see this. Any links referenced or any information that we talked about in the interview will be linked below wherever you see this. Again, thank you for joining me on uh, episode 18 of uh, Radio Spoil. Uh, episode 19 is coming up shortly. It's kind of like not in the can, as they say in the studio can, but um, I think you'll probably be very, very interested in that. And it's music orientated. And I've uh, another great guest coming up very, very soon. And I'll see you then. Take care. God bless.